a 16 year old with with great social skills but no real direction I would say go into hospitality right now you know <laughs> use those social social skills you use them and learn and become part of something something I've noticed and been loving with restaurants and social media is that more and more people are highlighting team team members, shining a light on people that perhaps don't necessarily uh, get the press, the coverage, um, the accolades, but people who nevertheless are integral to the running of that restaurant and to its spirit. Uh, One restaurant that I've noticed that has been doing this in a really beautiful and heartfelt way is RK Restaurant in Adelaide. And a recent post highlighted today's guest, Della Goodfellow-Slee. I'm thrilled to have Della on Dirty Linen. She's the assistant restaurant manager at RK. And as if I quote their Instagram, one of the hardest working people you will ever meet. So we're lucky to sneak her away from the restaurant for a bit of a chat on the podcast. Della, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute thrill to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about RK and your role there. Uh, so RK is a restaurant in Adelaide um, and it's, I guess its main attraction or its main sort of core value is that we cook everything over uh, open flames. Um, so it's a bit of a first for Adelaide in that sense. We have other restaurants that have open fire um, but we don't use anything other than that in the kitchen. So there's no electricity, there's no like gas burners, anything being used. Um, and I think that's what makes it really unique. Um, I'm the assistant restaurant manager there. So <clears throat> I just, I help out with the day-to-day running of things, I suppose. <laughs> um, there's probably a bit more to it than that, but I'm just, I'm very lucky to be there, I think, for myself. It's an incredible experience. That's so good. It hasn't been around for that long and Jake Kelly, um, the chef and, and um, yeah, founder of the restaurant, has cooked, yes, in some pretty great restaurants. I've really enjoyed his food in Melbourne and in Singapore. What's um, what, what sort of restaurant culture has he created there? Um, oh, it's, it is something that I... I never stop talking about to people. Um, it's it's an incredible culture. It's an incredible team. Um, and, yeah, we have only been open for such a short time. But what's amazing to me is that we're like I can see the progress. We've been working on it since day one and it just gets better and better every day. So it really is a family environment. Um, everyone's voices are valued. Everyone's voices are heard. Um, and we work really closely together. We have to. And that, that closeness is, um, it's, it's so positive. <laughs> That's really amazing. Tell me how big is the team? I mean, and how many do you seat there and, and how many people work there? Um, I think it's a really big, it's one of the bigger teams that I've ever worked with. The, the venue itself is, it's huge. It's very deceptive because it's, it's very long um, and it just keeps going. <laughs> but I think... In the restaurant, we can seat probably like 85 people at most Um, and then there's a courtyard and then we have also our bar down the front which can seat more people for sort of casual dining and our team sort of is probably up in the 30s to like early 40s of staff which is like a massive amount of people to keep, you know, something running all the time. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a really big team. I wasn't aware that there were so many people involved. Um, and, you, you know, you mentioned that the culture is really great. You can't stop talking about it. I mean, what are the aspects of it? Is it and how what do you think are the I don't know, the tricks or the strategies to creating such a good culture? Um, well, I think, you know, we spoke about it from day one and in and Jake, Jake led that conversation. He said, you know, he's worked in a lot of places that, you know, where it was, you know, work hard, play hard or just work hard, work hard. And he didn't want that. He wanted to do something different. He wanted to have somewhere where people were happy to go to work, where people didn't feel like fear um, and where they felt like they were part of a family. And the ch- team that he's chosen around him really were people also who had had that same experience. And so for them it was really important to create an environment where, you know, everyone's happy. And, you know, we've done some crazy things. We've worked some serious hours. and it, But as a team we always knew that that was towards something. And when that goal or, you know, if we – we got the restaurant off the ground and then immediately we were like, okay, well, let's stop working these crazy hours. You know, let's start doing these days off. Let's let's give these people like a week off here and there. It's very, um, yeah, it was very calculated, I think, for everyone to make this a place that had no resemblance to like the the bad culture of the places that we'd worked before. Wow, that's so interesting because, I mean, I've heard, You've talked to so many people about restaurant culture and I guess it sort of goes in two ways. It's kind of, you know, people are brought up in a certain way, they're treated a certain way and then they they just carry that on. They treat the next generation the way that they were treated but then there are other people who like draw a line and say, okay, I was treated like this and that is why I'm going to do things differently. Uh, Yeah, it sounds like Jake definitely falls into the second category. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I can't speak to his personal experiences because – I don't think that's my story to tell and I don't really know them very well. But, you know, everybody has a hospital story and I know that everyone in that team has a story that is just so, you know, sad and shocking (laughs) that, you know, we all have come together and said, hey, this has to work and if it doesn't, you know, that's fine but we're not going to keep doing horrible things and it has worked so that's great. It's really great. Well, let's let's dig back into your story to tell Della and tell us what got you into the industry in the first place. Was food a big part of your life growing up? It was, yeah. Um, so I grew up in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales um, and I was raised by my mum and she has worked in hospitality since forever. <laughs> um, so she worked in a, she worked in lots of places but she worked in a restaurant called Ashcroft's in Blackheath for a very long time when I was growing up, when it was sort of like a fine dining restaurant that was quite cool at the time, I think in the like early 2000s. And I spent a lot of time there and I just was always, you know, everyone that she knew was in hospitality. I was always hanging out in cafes, in restaurants. It was just, you know, I was immersed in it. So... It was such a huge part and it just followed through naturally, I think, for me to start working in hospitality. Right. And, I mean, did you always think that that was going to be your career or was it something that you sort of fell into and just kept going? How, how strategic were you about it? Um, I don't know. I think I always knew that I would work in hospitality. I didn't really know ever if I was going to do anything particularly I wasn't very strategic about my life until I was probably about 21, 22. 
So I was just sort of going through the motions, but I also knew that there wasn't really many other things that I wanted to do other than hospitality. And then it was at that point that I started to take it a lot more seriously and doors started to open up for me. Uh, and was it always that front of house side of things that that attracted you? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I, I've always loved food. I've always loved cooking. I mean, I won't claim to be an experienced kitchen person, <laughs> but I have always loved to get my hands, you know, dirty or like to jump into the kitchen. So there were times in my life where I sort of entertained a fantasy of, of doing back of house. Um, but it was really, I think, serving people that, that stole my, my attention. And tell us a little bit about your working history. What are some of the places that you've worked and what have you taken from those experiences? Uh, Well, I didn't start working in restaurants until I moved to Adelaide, which was about like eight years ago. Um, And one of my first jobs that I got there was at this restaurant called Street ADL. And I walked in there and I thought it was a cafe because I was a barista at the time. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you can have a job, come back next week for a trial. And I didn't realise at the time that restaurant was uh, part of the building in which uh, Arana was and it was run by Jocks and Frillo. And I got a job there at, by complete fluke and that really opened up a lot of uh, doors and eyes for me because I had just been sort of floating through life a bit at that point. And I met a lot of people there who sort of set me on the right path, who gave me a lot of direction. And I I remember that being like a very big turning point for me. Was it about the approach to hospitality or things you're learning about food and drink? Was, was it that you they were showing you that hospitality could be a viable career? I mean, what, what was it that made it a turning point? Yeah, I think it was it was seeing so many people who were so passionate about hospitality and those people were pushing me and saying you know why don't you take this a little bit more seriously you know you could you could do this you could go you know I think at the time a lot of people were going and doing stages at Noma that was very much the the thing of the of the time and they were saying you know why don't you go work overseas you could do so many things and I just hadn't until that point really had people behind me saying, you know, why don't you just go and grab life by the balls? And also the way that they were dealing with food and, and drink there uh, really, yeah, it, it made an impression on me. Just the, this, the way that they were taking it seriously, which I hadn't had too much of an experience with before working sort of in the cafe and, and uh, in the Blue Mountains. Wow. Yeah. Sounds, sounds really inspiring. So what did you do next? Um, after that I left and I went and worked at a restaurant called Stone's Throw, which is actually where Arcane now is. Okay. Um, yeah, I know it's crazy, but, uh, a friend of mine knew a friend of someone who was working there. I went and worked there and it was really, it was an incredible restaurant at the time. It was, it was very different like physically as a restaurant it was it was a very like casual laid back place but that's where I met um one of my like mentors Brett Goss who who sort of like guided me through that experience he got me really interested in wine um he started to really refine my service 
Um, so that was a really like wonderful experience for me. Um, and he ultimately led me to Shibosho because he was he became the restaurant manager there when they opened. Okay. I love this idea of refining your service. I mean, I feel like, you know, one of the issues in hospitality is that people don't value the skills and the arts of, of, of front of house. And I mean, I wonder, is there anything you can go into a bit more detail about, you know, something that really clicked for you while he was mentoring you there? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a pretty gung ho person. And I think that until then I had never really felt, you know, I had never really felt like my sort of skill set or my personality really fitted into hospitality because I'd only seen a lot of like really like quite stuffy service and he he was really he was great but he also you know he showed me how to like use that that um my personality and that's become like a really huge thing for me you know is that I know that I'm not a smooth and very calm person during service but I know how to use my like rambunctious personality or I can get along with anyone I can be very fun and he showed me that that had a lot of value as well which you know until then I kind of thought ah, oh, just never gonna I'm never gonna get anywhere like this and I don't want to pretend to be someone that I'm not that's so powerful, isn't it? It's so so great to be, I guess, empowered to be yourself, and then to that that there can be a style of service that is is your style. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, so then you moved across to Shabo Show with him, and t- tell me about about that period. Um, yeah, so Shabo Show was really um, it was trial by fire. It was crazy. I mean, I started there as just like a section waiter. And I worked there for four years and I did, I slowly worked my way up to becoming the restaurant manager, which I think is probably like one of the proudest moments in my career. Um, but it was also very sad because it meant in order for that to happen, all of the people that I loved had to eventually move on to other jobs. <laughs> <laughs> bittersweet. Um, yeah, it was really bittersweet. <laughs> and then one day I was that person and I was like, farewell. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, the the team that they had pulled together for that restaurant in the start was amazing. Um, so much talent, and I felt like I was, you know, I felt invigorated. Like I was experiencing things that I didn't know about before. Again, you know, and I loved Japanese food, so it really like it clicked with me from day one. Um, and you know. That restaurant is part of a, a larger group of restaurants in Adelaide, which really opens up your um, your networking circle. And, you know, it it made me feel much more at home in Adelaide hospitality because suddenly I felt like I had a place and I, you know, a huge support system. You must have learnt so much. I mean, you know, to move from section waiter to restaurant manager, there must have been so much more back-end stuff that you had to deal with. What was that like? Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot. Um, thankfully, you know, they're, they're a bit of a bigger group and they do have people that can do most of the hard number crunching for you. But it was really valuable, you know. I learned how to I learned how to do banking. I learned how to do – I learned how to use Excel spreadsheets, which I didn't until I was 23, <laughs> which is really embarrassing. I think 
but I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> Spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think it's not embarrassing. I'm much older than you and I'm still pretty dodgy with Excel. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert now, but, you know, I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to learn how to be you know, not just like, not just somebody who goes and, you know, works service, but, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other interaction with like administrative duties that teaches you a lot about how a restaurant works and why a restaurant works. And, you know, I remember the first time that my uh, boss who, who was running the restaurant at the time, someone had sent through like a negative feedback email and I had never had to respond to one. Unfortunately, this one was also about me. Um, but she was like, look, here's the email and you're going to have to learn to do this sometime. So here, you've got 24 hours to type up a draft and send it to me. And I was like, I want to die. This is awful. But that was a really good experience. And in the end, she'd already responded to them. It was just a test. <laughs> Oh, that is but, amazing. Yeah, and that took the that took the pressure off once she told me that. But it was really valuable because sometimes I think, you know, she gave me that feedback and she was like, okay, great, this is how I would do it this next time, this next time, and sort of held my hand through that process. Um, yeah, and just taught me a, a lot about, yeah, why, how to respond to people in like a in a in a timely and also like res- respectful manner. It's so beautiful to hear you say it was the proudest moment of your life when you became Shibosho restaurant manager. I mean, now you've moved to a role as assistant restaurant manager. How how hard was it to make that decision and, and why did you make it? Um, well, I was I did actually leave Shibosho at the end of 2020 um, because it was just, it was my time. I was really burnt out after working through the year of, of COVID that we'd had. Um, and I'd been there for quite a long time and I really just needed a break. So I'd actually, I had actually already left Shibosho by that point. And <clears throat> I was working down in McLaren Vale at this restaurant with some friends of mine from a, uh, that I'd, a friend of a friend had hooked me up with this job and said, Hey, I know you need a break, but you still need a job. So Go work in the go work in the Vale. No one's going to find you there. You can have some recuperation time. It's it was a winery and it was great because the team there was you know it was still passion, everything that I wanted, but it was far enough away from the city that you know <clears throat> it felt like I was on a holiday. Um, and that was where I met Greta again because I'd worked with her very briefly when I worked at the restaurant underneath Irana. So we became very close very quickly. And then when Jake was looking for people for RK, we sort of came as a complete team. So Greta, myself and Sam, who's the restaurant manager, he he was like, okay, I'll have the three of you then. <laughs> we were like, good, because no one's coming without the other one. <laughs> and so we all kind of moved over together. Um, and the, I guess the rest is history. Wow, what a Great story. I love it, Della. Um, one thing that I also really loved in the post about you was uh, the reveal that you're also the, the handy woman of the building. <laughs> You've always got a drill in your hand. Well, probably not always, but often. And you you don't mind using a measuring tape. Can you tell us about those skills that you've got? Um, yeah. It's, I mean, this one definitely happened by accident. <laughs> um, 
I guess I've always been good with my hands. I like to take things apart and put them back together. I'm very, I have like a, I have a very inquisitive nature. Um, but the building that we're in, you know, it's beautiful. It's also very old. It's like a, it's from the 1900s, the original building. Um, and obviously the rest of it is sort of like very recently renovated and we know that those sorts of things often need a little bit of tinkering. And then it just sort of happened organically that I became naturally in charge of all of this maintenance work, um, which is so great because I think it provides me with, you know, something outside of service that I can put my name to. Um, Like during service, you know, I'm there, I'm serving guests, I'm managing staff, that's great. Um, But when, you know... When there's a quiet moment, it's nice to just be able to go away and, you know, go and fix a toilet roll holder or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's been like your proudest um, handy person moment? Um, I mean, we have, there was a door that goes out to our back kitchen that has sort of a soft closing mechanism on it. And one day it just fell off the wall um, and the door wouldn't stay open or closed. So I rigged up a little counterweight uh, door closing mechanism with some string and a pump bottle that was full of water. Um, And it really looked like the most insane thing ever, but at least it it brought joy to the team. Um, And it meant that the door stayed closed for the rest of dinner service until our real maintenance manager, uh, Max, who has taught me a lot of things, uh, could come the next day and reattach the, (laughs) the door. Closing mechanism, yeah. So clever, like so dodgy, but so clever. Yeah, very (laughs) MacGyver of me. (laughs) Ah, I just absolutely love it. Um, One thing that I think says a lot about a restaurant's culture and the the team that's there is staff meal. Can you talk about staff meals at RK? Oh, I can for days. Um, I, it is something that from day one, was a rule. It has to be. There's a staff meal every day. It's at the same time. It's at 4.30 and everyone gets food. And every day also the um, front of house staff put up a drink for everybody. It's usually just like, you know, a simple like sugary drink or some iced tea or something like that. It doesn't have to be crazy. But why I think that's also important is that we've we've made it you know, a responsibility of front of house and back of house. You know, the front of house people get the table already and get the cutlery and the plates out. We make sure that there's a beverage there, but the kitchen do the hardest work, obviously, because they're cooking the food. Um, but it's just makes everyone feel so valued. And we have a lot of very tricky dietaries within our team. And for the most part, it's all navigated, you know, very seamlessly no one ever, you know, if you if you miss out, someone has seconds by and leaves you out by accident, they'll always cook you something extra and it, you never feel guilty about it because it's it's important, I think, that, you know, if you're there for such a long time in the day, you have to eat <clears throat> and it has it's so easy to provide it. Wow, it sounds so nice. What are some of the, can you remember any any staff meals that you've had recently? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, there's one chef, uh, shout out to Jin, who cooks a lot of staff meals and he has made us fur a few times, which 
especially, you know, with this like flu going around and everyone trying not to get COVID and it's cold weather, that is always everyone's favourite. It just like just lights up everyone's day. Um, We've also, we've got a strong like sausage presence in the staff mill, um, which is great because everyone likes to fight over the last sausage. Um, And, uh, oh, God. There's, oh, we had an amazing curried sausage dish once, which everyone went so hard on. And then, unfortunately, we were so sad the next day because we had all eaten so much mashed potato that it just slowed everyone down. (laughs) And then we had to make a rule. We were like, no more of this. (laughs) Oh, the hazards. Mm, The hazards, mm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, If you can't can't make staff meal too good because everyone will go back for seconds and then – and then everyone needs like an extra little nap after work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's very funny. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's true. You've got to be a bit strategic about these things. Um, so Della, I mean, where do you see yourself going? Have you got any, have you got any plans? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have no plans physically to go anywhere. Um, I'm like, I'm so I'm so happy at RK at the moment. Um, you know, we've only been open for six or seven months now, so I really want to see this through and see what it can it can do. Um, but I have been working on um, my own goals uh, with with my managers, and really for me, yeah, I really just want to get my head around how to make a business like hum. I'm really interested in the numbers. I'm really interested in that sort of back of house stuff um, because I haven't had a lot of exposure to it uh, and I'm just really excited to like get my head around every aspect of restaurants and finally, you know, maybe in a few years I'll I'll do something. <laughs> but I have so much to learn that I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a glut for, for information so – I'm really looking forward to that learning process. Wow, I love that. I mean, this is such a interesting and important time for people who work in restaurants to get behind the numbers and really be able to pick it all apart and put it back together in a way that makes sense as a business. I mean, are you are you feeling like you're sort of in that in on that learning curve at a particular moment for restaurants? Uh yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen so many restaurants open and close in the last few years and you know that has a lot to do with COVID but it also has a lot to do I think with you know there's been a lot of incentive in the last few years for young people to go out and you know do pop-ups or like open little small places but I also think that a lot of those young people maybe haven't been supported so well um with information about how to run a business so I think we've seen a lot of people you know not not succeed and that is scary because you know we're all we're all facing this uncertain future, um, and you want to make sure that you have the right knowledge. You know, I don't I don't think I know half as much about business as I should, and I'd love to just go out and you know open something. But I know in this climate, particularly, you really have to have your head screwed on. Um, so it'd be great to see some more people, you know, with some, you know, business smarts or people supporting each other and giving, you know, sharing that information around a bit more. 
Yeah, I love that. And, I mean, what else do you think could entice more young people into hospitality, particularly front of house? Like from you, you, yeah, you've had, you know, I suppose you've mentioned mixed experiences, but you've had some great mentors and worked in some really cool places. I mean, what will it take to um, draw more young Australians into HOSPO? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, we need to go, we need to get them younger for sure. You know, we need to go into this high schools and, you know, I don't remember doing a lot of sort of aptitude testing or anything or, you know, I, with the high school that I went to, everyone went automatically into trades basically. Um, but, you know, I was a really inquisitive young person who loved learning and loved knowing but I had no real direction and I was a very personable person and I think that you know if I saw that in a in a young person who had a, not a lot of direction I would say what about hospitality you know like these are your skills that you can use to like make people have great experiences but we really just focus I think on you know uh the the kitchen side when people are younger and I think, yeah, maybe front of house just needs a little bit more of a push as a viable uh, career path for younger people. Yeah, and to have those people that, that notice, where, yeah, those personality traits and and think it's a real positive and that there is this great career that you can go into. I feel like there aren't probably that many careers counsellors that would actually be thinking along those lines. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know what I don't know what else you would say to somebody who was, <laughs> you know, a, you know, a sixteen-year-old with with great social skills but no real direction. I would say go into hospitality right now. You know, <laughs> use those social social skills. You use them and learn and become part of something. Love it. Um, just finally, Della, just tell me how does it feel to be part of RK at the moment. Uh, it feels incredible. It feels uplifting and it feels like we're on a path to something, you know, that is bigger. Wow. Inspiring. Oh, look, I've loved our chat. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to talk to us. I know a lot of people are going to be really fired up about your words today on Dirty Lynn and Della. They might even pick up a hammer and <laughs> try to fix something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.